There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah. Oh, come on. Let me ask you a question real quick. Do you ever want to live in a fantasy world where the most handsomest guy always ends up with a girl and he may at time travel to bend a secret prince, but no one in the story ever asks any questions? You can live on Park Ave with a salary from Mickey D's or walk from Denver all the way to New Orleans. But me, I prefer all the reality and the truth bombs drop from the crew at RTT. Got what we need Cause these movies are a chore But you keep us wanting more RTP yo You got what we need Cause roasting is your technique I'm gonna tune in every week Hey hey Laters baby But not too much laters Cause you got what I need do you want to just start it, or do you guys want to talk before? No, I don't want to talk at all, because you made me watch this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, Sweetest Thing's going to come at me with this? If my new nickname is The Sweetest Thing, I'll take that. I would like to read you the text that I sent you at approximately 4.35 p.m. this afternoon, which says, and I quote, If they fuck on top of this elephant, so help me God. (laughs) All I have to say is the end of this movie doesn't rule it out. It's inconclusive. Why do you think they were getting that? Why do you think they were getting that elephant drunk so much, Paige? (laughs) Inconclusive. Yeah, drunk in the trunk. All right, open the podcast up. I'm ready. Thank you for tuning in to Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week, Mikey made us watch Water for for the Elephants. But it shouldn't really just be water for the elephant. There's only one elephant in this movie. I think it's supposed to be a metaphor. It's just poorly done. What metaphor? Like, water for the elephants is not a euphemism or a colloquialism that I've ever heard. Yeah. But they say it earlier in the movie where they're like, you know, water for the elephants, and it's bullshit. Like, there is no elephant. So I almost wondered if it was, like, the idea that everything is the sham but then they have an elephant, so it's no longer like a euphemism, like they are getting water for that elephant, which he never does. Todd, this is a bad movie. I mean, yeah, it is a bad movie. I learned throughout the course of this movie that water for the elephants was really just alcohol for the elephants. <laughs> yeah, during Prohibition, like that's an expensive pet. Yeah, it is. Okay, so the colloquialism, if you will, is that... Elephants drink so much water, it is impossible for a man to carry that much water. 
There you go. All right, whatever, man. Like that, that <laughs> I don't know what to do with that information. That must be really specific to the circus, you know. I just hate this movie more. Yeah, this movie may have just been too inside baseball, quote unquote, for me. <laughs> I feel dumber than I did ten minutes ago, and I don't like that. Yeah, I just want you both to experience Robert Patterson. Pattinson, you son of a damn it! What is wrong with you? In a romantic movie leading to Circus 9-11. Mikey, do you... (laughs) It's an 11-ring circus. (laughs) Don't forget about Tent 7. Um, Mikey, do you have a head injury that very specifically stops you from remembering Robert Pattinson's name? Pattinson. Paddington, like Paddington Bear, but Paddington. He is from so far south that his mouth (laughs) can't say that word. That's the problem. (laughs) I've only read that word. (laughs) Paddington. 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 I don't know why we're taking the time to teach it to him when I know he's going to say it wrong throughout (laughs) the course of this episode. (laughs) Just fucking call him Edward. I don't care. (laughs) I'm going to call him Colin. (laughs) <laughs> okay. I'm going to call him Bob. That won't be confusing at all. <laughs> <laughs> so was this the first time we'd seen this movie before? Absolutely. I read the book in 2009 and saw the movie in 2011. Or oh, 2010, man. then 2011. Because at the time, my office was primarily female, which there's nothing wrong with that. No. But they all read the book. It was huge in the zeitgeist of culture at the time. Man, is the book nothing like the movie? Um, Not really. I've heard a lot of people really like the book, and then the yeah. movie was like universally hated. The book was real good. The movie's objectively terrible like i hated this movie i really like the book i can't imagine if the movie's really close to what the book actually is that the book is worth reading at all no here's what i think todd because this is this movie is a lot like a lot of other movies in the late 90s and at the time that this was made there was like a 10 to 15 year period where people would make these like historical but meandering movies where it's just like this happens this happens this happens this happens and there's no real sweeping arc there's no real transformational story it is just a list of events in order and it's almost more of a look at how many costumes we found from this era and there are a lot of movies like that and some are better than others and I feel like this is one of them and it's just so boring but as a book I have a lot more patience for that because I'm sure the book had a lot more more side stories, smaller stuff going on. So the book was mostly about him, Robert Pattinson. Pattinson. Edward Cullen Edward Cullen He was super depressed after his family died It's more about him like getting over Like such huge loss And then like also it was like historically accurate For like circuses at the time Oh yeah and listen Mikey we all know The great circus wars of the 1930s We all know those Like benchmark (laughs) moments So we clearly knew what was going to happen At least with the circuses Throughout this movie I think it's insane That it's like this historical epic about something that nobody knows anything about like that should have just been made up <laughs> but, it, but the book was more about depression era america in the like the lens of a circus and this guy's like coming of age and all that stuff and the book like his whole like depression thing is like the first third of the book the movie like does that for like 10 seconds and it's like okay he's on the train and he's forgot about his parents being dead <laughs> well i feel like this movie 
spends a solid first of all so this is a two-hour movie oh man build as a love story of which the love story takes up 25 minutes because oh yeah for, for an hour and 40 some odd minutes this movie is just look how much circus stuff we got here's a circus word learn these circus words here's how things works in the circus don't we love the circus and it's like no i'm worried about all of these animals yeah circuses are terrible which is largely why they've gone out of business the book was mostly about about him and the relationships with the people he met and then like the movie seems to like done the opposite which is like it's about the setting and the all of the dialogue and stuff cut all that shit make it a montage it's bad this movie does not need to be two hours nothing happens in this movie no this should be a 30 minute movie about a douche breaking up a marriage um or a married couple trying to find a third and things going awry because they have <laughs> multiple dinners with him yes. where he's just sitting there and they're just like licking each other's faces and they're just like oh you're still here want to join no there's one point where he's like do you want me to go home and they're like no, no. <laughs> if that is not a Sign that like we want you to double team my wife and or I'm super into cuck play or whatever like that is a huge signal I would have left immediately at that point I will say <laughs> the main dude what's his name Brutus or whatever Christoph Waltz August is his character's oh, name August yeah he didn't kill Caesar if he would have something interesting would have <laughs> happened in this movie <laughs> they <laughs> I will say that he did beat an elephant to death and murdered like 40 people throughout the course of the film. What? He didn't beat an elephant to death. That elephant lived. Yeah. Lived to murder him. <laughs> <laughs> that elephant got revenge. Yeah. Some elephants learn how to paint. This one learned how to murder. <laughs> oh, that's that's something else. So in the book, this like circus disaster is like the the second deadliest disaster. Like a, like sixty three people died that day in the Big Top or whatever. I what? actually I I have listing <laughs> of the most tragic disaster that they actually mentioned in this film. So I have like nice. records, but I would just like to say that it was his own damn fault because much like nine eleven, elephants never forget. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> Paige, absolutely. This is in fact Ooh. Robert Pattinson's. Second 9-11 movie because <laughs> never forget. And I will never forget it. No. So maybe we should just get into the movie though so we can get through it because this one's a long one. This is a long one, although nothing happens in this movie. So this is a two-hour movie that has five pages less of notes than Sweetest Thing. <laughs> and Sweetest Thing is 84 minutes. <laughs> yeah. They cut all of his... So like the two guys that get murdered, like the, the, the clown and the old man were like his best friends and like He's that's who he's hanging out with the most, and then there's the romance in the book. They threw away all that stuff. He never even talks to those people in the movie. He's just like, This is my best friend, and I'm in love with you now for some reason. Is there a romance in the movie? Yeah, because mm. there's negative chemistry between yeah. these people. No, there's just trauma bonding. Yeah. There is hotter trauma bonding out there. Like, oh girl. Is... I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad Mikey's not picking next week. I'm afraid of what he pick. <laughs> I mean, if my first pick wasn't streaming, we were going to be in for some pretty, pretty bonker shit. <laughs> so I've got one in my back pocket. Just see Mikey rolling up on a date. I'm Bond. Trauma Bond. <laughs> <laughs> anyway let's just get into this movie come on let's let's do this <laughs> let's get into it all right so we open on the ticket trailer for a circus after the circus is very clearly closed that's right and yeah. it is modern day circus vargas which is one of the main touring circuses now that ringling brothers shuttered their doors in 2017 oh are they still around 
Circus Vargas's. Oh, shit. Okay, I thought they were all, like, shut down because they're terrible organizations that shouldn't exist. No, just Ringling Brothers, but there's a lot more strict rules on, like, how they treat the animals and things like that. Oh, that's good. I didn't know that. that yeah. I mean, that is largely my problem with circuses. Yeah, is it honestly. How do you say it plural? Circai. Circus scissors. You would you could say that they got circai sismed. Nope. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I am gonna. <laughs> I will say I'm kind of glad that as a society, as all these species got more and more endangered, we took circuses more seriously <laughs> and how they treated the animals. Yeah. Yeah. And for this movie, there were very strict rules on how they treated the animals on set in this movie. So there's that, I guess. Apparently, these were all like closely monitored animal performers. I mean, cool. I mean, they do have really like strong restrictions on how animal actors can perform and all that stuff. So that's great. I I'm happy to hear it. But like my hatred for circuses and that sort of thing is why I haven't watched The Greatest Showman and really don't ever want to. Yeah, because P.T. Barnum was like a fucking monster. He was the worst of the worst. Like burned his building down for to collect the insurance with the animals inside. Yeah. And and would like try to make animal hybrids and shit. Yeah. So he was like Hitler for animals. No, he he's the Joseph Mengele for animals. Oh, yes. but like, yeah. 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 That's better. Anyway. But let's write a musical and and just forgive him for all of <laughs> let's that. Let's think shit. about it. Fuck. Let's and forget about how he treated hippos. And beluga whales. Like he fucking and murdered beluga, beluga whales. whales. Who doesn't love constantly? They have, they have soft constantly. heads. Who doesn't love beluga whales? I know Mikey doesn't because he's not saying anything right now. I don't know that much about P.T. Barnum. I just, I'm not going to speak about a subject I don't know about. I was like, damn, this guy sounds terrible. He I is a nightmare. He is terrible. Well, this isn't P.T. Barnum. This is a made up person, but. It's Brutus, Mikey. This one's about Brutus. I would have gone right <laughs> to P.T. Barnum's caboose train and had sex with his wife. When the decree of Brutus Augustus went forth. Uh, so anyway, so <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. P.T. Barnum murdered multiple beluga whales because he didn't know how to care for them. And yeah. that's how it would happen with a lot of animals is he would just like kill them with neglect and get new ones. And they make a reference to something he did in this movie with the hippos and formaldehyde. Yeah. That's fucking real. Yeah. Like P.T. Barnum. Oh, could, really? Yeah. Yes. Animals were fucking expendable to that dude. And yes, that's why I also have not seen The Greatest Showman and also why I didn't really like this movie at all. Yeah, I didn't see this greatest showman either because of all of that stuff mikey never heard of pt barnum nor anything he did <laughs> no i just know it's a musical it is all i know is that at a certain point i forcibly hugged my cat for a while while watching this i'm sorry <laughs> i know you hate that but i just wanted to let you know you were safe in my house the cat's over there yeah, no i could tell i'm not just shouting into the ether yeah. <laughs> I'm not on the clock. <laughs> I like how Mikey lets us know he's not a, he's not here for therapy. You know what? You're on a short leash because I had to interrupt my Outlander binge for this movie. So like <laughs> extra not happy. So as they're at the ticket counter thingy, a truck pulls in and it can't pull all the way in because there's a man standing in the way. So they come out with a wheelchair because it's an old man who looks lost. And he's like, did I miss the show? And they were like, that was this afternoon, fool. Like. I don't, can we get you back to the home? And he's just like, <laughs> I didn't come from the home. I came on my own. But what we'll find out is that he did come from the home and just straight up walked out the front door so nobody stopped him. Yeah. Anyway. I love that guy. I've seen him in a bunch of stuff. He's a great actor and he does a great job in this movie. 
I don't think the performances are what I have problem with this movie. I think it's literally the script and the directing. It's one of the worst adaptations of a book I think I've ever seen. Uh, Aragon has entered the chat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that book is also terrible and just a ripoff of Star Wars with dragons. I honestly haven't read it. My brother and I went to go see Aragon because he liked the book. And he, was, he leaned over halfway through and was like, I'm sorry, this is nothing like the book. But it's fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just remember this bombed because everybody, it was supposed to be like the big thing, like the big yeah. romance thing. And then I think it bombed because of word of mouth. Um, well, I take some issue with some of the performances in this film. That's fair. I, I, I think Reese Witherspoon and Robert Pattinson are terrible in this. I know that the script doesn't give them a ton to work with, but it seems like they don't even like being around each other. Anyway. So they take the the old man into the office to get him out of the rain, and he proceeds to do what most old people do, which is like, listen to my life story, which, to be <laughs> honest, every time an old person does that to me, they always say some crazy shit. So, like, it's usually worth it. I mean, he does. Yeah, he's, he's like, like I, I watched an elephant murder a man. He was like, <laughs> I was there at Circus 9-11. And she rose up and stabbed him in the back of the head because she never forgot. Like, that's what this guy <laughs> sat through. I do. Whenever I hear, like, an old person in a movie talk and they're doing, like, the old person acting, I always hear, this is a super specific reference, but Deckard Cain from Diablo in my head, like, Sterile and listen. You know what I'm talking about, Mikey? Yeah, yeah, That's exactly yeah. what it feels like to me. Like, it always starts with, Sterile and listen. It was 84 years ago when I paid an elephant to murder the woman's husband so I could marry her. I paid it with water. Water for elephants. For elephants. <laughs> There's an asterisk by water, and it just at the bottom says water is actually alcohol. <laughs> bourbon. Bourbon for elephants. Honestly, that's a bourbon better for elephants name is a better title. Because <laughs> that sounds somewhat unique. Like what? Whoever I hate this movie so much. I don't know. It, it sounds like a uh, like a stomp clap hey band name. I am pretty sure. Don't quote me on this. Okay. That water for elephants was a phrase they used in the circus at the time. And like, I think the guy who wrote this was like a historian. So Paige is right. There was all these historical novels coming out at that time. This does feel like it was written by a historian. No, the book was good. I mean, the, if you wanted to like know about the Depression era, our circuses and stuff like that, you like dove into that book and you're like, oh, what a cool experience that was. But the movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I loved how genuine that was. You're like, but the movie sucked. That was awesome. <laughs> but let's just power through this movie. Come on. So while he's sitting in the office and they're trying to find the number for the home, he starts to look at all of kind of their circus memorabilia on the wall. Because apparently the guy running this edition of Circus Vargas is like, I am a circus historian and I know about all of the circus things. Even though I'm only in this movie for like two seconds. I think they call it a circus historian. A circus historian. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he has it all in his three ring. Binder. Binder. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Hell yeah, Mikey. Yeah, you're right. Done for the rest of the podcast. What 
what's that greatest showman song from the like, here I come? That was Mikey with a joke, just like <laughs> sailing into this podcast. Oh, God. Anyway, he's like, yeah, I've worked on two circuses, and one was the Benzini Brothers in 1931. And the guy was like, I'm pretty sure that's when that elephant murdered people. Like, were you there for that? And he's like, why, in fact, I was, Sonny. And then the movie starts. <laughs> yeah, I think I think cuz the movie doesn't really touch on this, but I think in the book they're like, "Oh, that's like one of the deadliest circus disasters in the yeah. history of the." He yeah. says it in the movie too. But you don't see anybody die in the scene, which I think is super disappointing. I think in the book there was a fire, there's like bodies everywhere. So the book is probably referencing there there is a there are two real life disasters. The second one is the one he references in this scene where a train collide two trains collide. And Wait, then, two circus trains collided? Yeah, I'll talk about it in fun facts because I've got, I've got some wild circus fun facts. There's like uh, lions yes. and tigers and bears, oh my, all over the tracks. Like, that's insane. I know. And very sad. It's yes, so there sad. is definitely bodies lying all over those grounds. <laughs> oh, oh, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> I I picked this movie just to do circus puns, and I know I know that's not the right reason to pick movies, but I couldn't help it. It's no three ring binder, but it's, <laughs> it's pretty good. So he also talks about like my kids forgot to visit me. My kid is seventy one, and it's like so that means you're like ninety. At least, probably. Yeah. Oh, I assumed he was like 95. Yeah, so, I mean, he doesn't look that old, but... Because he was in college, he left college, Yeah. he then worked at the circus for a year, so, like, he's probably 23 by the time they, like, start having kids. Right? I do love how yeah. he accuses his son of not being all together, and I'm like, dude, you're older than he is! Also, you wandered out of a home. Do you need medication? Like, where's an ambulance? <laughs> like... <laughs> I don't think he wandered out. I think he left because Paige, he's going home. He no, yeah. In the book, he was like, "Fuck this place, I'm out." Yeah, but also he's 95, and so like. Yeah, he said he'd rather die at the start. It's a whole thing in the book, but I don't think he is. It is very rare for someone to be that age and that high functioning. I guess it happens, but I feel like he should have partnered with that elephant for some sort of murder suicide pact. Yeah, full oh. notebook, a three ring, a three ring, a three, notebook. Notebook. three ring notebook. <laughs> Oh no I just wanted you both to watch a movie where an elephant murders a man (laughs) In cold blood (laughs) I honestly just wish it had been Edison In cold blood (laughs) It was premeditated Definitely Like I'm pretty sure the language they speak is Polish And there's a whole thing in the book about how he knows all that And I forgot it but Because his family is Polish They talk about it in the movie No he means the elephant How does the elephant speak Polish His previous trainer was probably Polish We met his previous trainer That dude was from Chicago And also True Blood and the Tudors. <laughs> I was just like, James Frain is in this? And then he literally like walks in one frame and out the other. And then he's yep. no longer in this movie. But he is like the fifth person billed in the credits. It is bonkers. Oh, man. Anyway, okay. So he's like, here's my life story. I was at Cornell. I was about to take my final exam. Loving Polish veterinary family. But then both of his parents die in a car accident. I did love... I have to I have to stop you. I'm so sorry. Because, like, the way he finds out his parents die is he's about to start his finals. Yeah, his finals. At, like, this vet, veterinary school, right? At Cornell. Right. Which, okay. But the people come in and they're like, uh, we have some bad news for you there, um, Edward. Both your parents have died in the first car accident. <laughs> on earth look school counseling was a very young field at that point 
and they didn't understand timing. Hear me out. Why didn't they just wait for him to finish the test? I know. Like they're they're not gonna undie. Like, you had the world's st- first generation of school counselor. Like that kid's parents are dead. You have to tell him, school counselor. It's a new field. I'm not gonna fuck this up. We're gonna do this right now. Pull him out of the final. We're gonna do it. And then like afterward, they're like, I should have waited till after the final because he dropped out of school and <laughs> ran away. Right? Like, yeah. I learned that lesson. I should publish these this, results. This is my bad. The story we didn't get because this movie didn't make enough money for a sequel is that guy failed his school counselor final because that was his final (laughs) exam and the way he handled it was completely (laughs) wrong so he went and joined a circus too but it was it was very peacock heavy it was not about an elephant and he got murdered by a hippo yeah it was gross (laughs) and then they put his body in formaldehyde yeah and they're just like look at our floating body (laughs) step right up because he can't anymore like that you know (laughs) it really bothered me that his response to his parents dying literally two hours away from graduation was to you know what i don't feel like graduating here's what i'm gonna say he eventually goes back and and finishes yeah because they talk about it but then finishes just to go work at the fucking circus again (laughs) i'm just like why didn't you just like did you really need to get licensed to do the same job you have experience doing? He you probably did. Mate. Maybe, I guess. Augustus I was not on the straight and narrow. Neither are the Ringling Brothers. I don't know that either. I can't argue any of these points. They absolutely I don't know. were not on the straight and narrow. But this this guy was. He was he wanted to get his license for his for his mom and dad. His new wife that the an elephant murdered a man for him to get. <laughs> She encouraged him to go back to school and get his license. I feel like this is really more of a love story between him and the elephant. I also agree with that. Anyway. He has more chemistry with the elephant than when Reese. On screen. Yeah. 100%. Reese always appears to be like, oh my God, are you still here? The whole time. (laughs) Yeah. The whole time. She's terrible in this movie. Like, she is terrible in Absolutely. This movie. I think he does okay. He doesn't have anything to do. Like, he does nothing. Yeah, he just sits around and pets an elephant, and it's still more chemistry than him and Reese Witherspoon making out. Plus, that elephant got some junk in the trunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they got some bourbon in that trunk. Yeah, bourbon for elephants. <laughs> A band full of people with suspenders and beards. Also in the book, our bro, he like fucks half the circus. <laughs> Oh, Wait, nice. Really? Yeah. Okay, now I do yeah. want to read it. Yeah. Why wasn't that in the movie? <laughs> you should have led with that, Mikey. <laughs> like that day where he's like found in like the thing and he comes out with clown makeup. Oh, he totally like went to Pound Town with like like with two ladies of the evening. Why is that not in the movie? That makes me so mad. Probably because they're like, then you'll feel bad about him and Reese Witherspoon and feel like he's not loyal to her. This is before they even had a thing. Like he has a whole life. I know, but they're like, he's in love with her. It started from the second he saw her at the circus. Yes, and the I'm movie like, tries to do that, but he's really like, it's way more like, nor- it's like way, the book is better. And I know, I don't want to go through the whole podcast saying that, but he does some cooler stuff and he seems like a little bit less like stick up his ass in the book. Unless that's what the lady of the night wants, in which case, <laughs> yeah, yeah, lube it up. <laughs> and everybody talked like real dirty and cursed a lot. So this sounds way better. Yeah. It was more like um Carnival on Yeah, it was more like Carnival. It <laughs> yeah, was more like okay. more like no supernatural stuff and then he like, you know, the elephant still murders the person. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that's the only part of the movie I liked. Was <laughs> when the elephant, when the elephant fucking murked Augustus. And then it cuts back to the old man and you actually have like an emotional moment with the old man and like the part he explains is like, "Oh, that that's the movie we should have seen based upon yeah. 
all of this stuff. We should have spent like 20 minutes at the first circus and then watched the rest of the life he describes. Yes! Yeah. Right? <laughs> Start your movie with an elephant marking a dude. <laughs> no, the book, the book's a Cold hard open. R. The book, the book is a hard R. It's like basically Outlander Circus. <laughs> well, now. <laughs> Paige, picture Outlander, but with like way more magicians. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. She's going to slip out of that chair, Mikey. <laughs> I made Paige disappear. <laughs> There's already a fair amount of magicians in Outland. <laughs> or, or AKA witches, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, I like the, the, the book was way, it wasn't like sterilized, which I feel like this does. Ooh, anyway, so he finds out after his parents died that they had essentially refinanced the house to pay for him to go to college. So the bank still owns it. They're upside down on it. So he loses everything. He has nothing and he decides yeah. to try and walk to Albany. Yeah, he decides to honor his parents like giving up their house to pay for him to go to school by not taking one test to graduate. Todd, he was upset. <laughs> well, no, here's what my defense of, of him is going to be. It is the Great Depression, which means he has to work somewhere doing something in the interim, even if he wants to take that test, because likely they would have to reschedule it for him to, you know, do it at a time when he is a emotionally capable, but also when there's somebody to proctor the test. And even then he'd have to wait for his license to come in. So regardless, Regardless, he has to find work no matter what. I get all of that, and that is a reality of the time, the Great Depression. And I get that he is greatly depressed during the Great Depression. I get all of that. The movie it's doesn't the show greatest us depression. Yeah, it is compound Great Depression. And I get that page, but they don't show us any of that. It just appears like had they taken 30 seconds of him like showing up saying, Hey, can I retake the test? And they're like, Yeah, you can retake it in, in six, six months, months, months whatever, right? Whatever, yeah. whatever the class would be again. And then him being like, well, I have to find, I have to work. I have to find, and then him being forced to take a job somewhere that would have made more sense. They yada, yada, that whole part of his life. And I believe they explain all that, but you know, it doesn't matter. We're going to yada, yada it too. Yeah. In this movie, he walks down the train tracks till he finds a stream to put his feet in. And then he puts his wet feet in leather shoes to go run after a train. That is, and gross. then leaves leaves his entire suitcase of everything he has in this world yeah. behind yeah. to jump on that train. I was like, mm. just throw the suitcase in the train, right? man. You're jumping. Have you never on jumped it. a train before? <laughs> Paige, have you ever jumped on a train before? No, I've just listened to a lot, a lot of episodes of criminals who have, <laughs> and that's the final truth. So. <laughs> Anyway, but that's what happens right now, and it's bonkers, and I hated it. Yeah, now the one thing I will say is during the whole section where they're trying to tell him that his parents have died and he's, like, figuring out what he's going to do, he's very sweaty for some reason, and his skin just kind of glistens. And so in my note, I just have, this is the skin of a killer, Bella. <laughs> <laughs> it should have been, this is the skin of an elephant, Rosie. Rosie. <laughs> uh, regardless, he makes it onto the train. 
uh, he immediately gets grabbed by a group of what we at first assume to potentially be hobos, uh, hobos and yeggs on a train. It's, it's camel, though. It is Camel. We will find that out the next morning, yes. A person whose voice must have been so terrible because all of his lines are 80 yards. Are 80 yards. Every one of Thank them. Thank you. Yeah. I, like, I couldn't figure out if it was like just me or if there was like a delay on my TV watching it. I did it. not notice that, but no. I... It drove me nuts. All of his lines are 80 yards. They may be his voice, but they were recorded after the fact because they hated his performance on the day. Yeah, it, yeah, and clearly so, which is real strange. Yeah. Anyway, so they do let him sleep that night, and they're basically like, hey, if you're willing to work, we'll give you some work tomorrow. We'll go talk to August, who we will find out is the owner of the circus. Yeah. So the train stops, and they start unloading, and this is where we find out that it's a circus train. So everyone's helping to raise the tent and get everything set up, and he's just standing around like an asshole until somebody grabs him and makes him shovel shit. I mean, the reason he's like standing around is because no one has given him anything to do and he's not really an employee yet. So I, I think he just right. doesn't know where he fits in. And then he learns that he fits in by shoveling shit and he should get to work. Yep. So uh, he ends up shoveling shit. And then they also have him help out the carnival barker by pushing people in towards the entrance and then smacking the heads of children who try to see the burlesque show, which was pretty fun. <laughs> I did think That's that a was a really yeah. specific job. Yeah, it was a real specific job. Decent burlesque, though. Barbara's got a real fun burlesque act. Yeah, she knows what she's doing. Yeah. That's who he hooks up with is Barbara. Oh, really? Great. I wish we yeah. had seen that. And honestly, in that one scene where they're on the train and he's walking to the front and she's like, all up in his grill about, hey, let's, uh, you want a private dance sometime? They yeah, had yeah. more chemistry than he and Reese Witherspoon did. Because yeah. at least when she's like talking about wanting to dance for him, he's like smiling at her and like, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, I'm covered <laughs> in dirt. Can you please sweep it off my face with your nipple tassels? Ooh, tassel me, oh, baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he hears a horse whinny and sees. Reese Witherspoon walking through the tents with her four horses and kind of strategically having them come to her. She's basically like rehearsing with her horses. And one of them clearly has a problem with one of its feet. Yeah. Just like me. <laughs> Bad feet. No, no, no. I mean, your feet look a little worse than this horse's hoof. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just waiting for him to chase after her and be like, excuse me, I'm a vet who specializes in trouser snakes. But he doesn't. <laughs> uh, instead, he ends up going to see August, who is Christoph Waltz, which I no matter what Christoph Waltz does, he is always the guy from Inglorious Bastards to me. I was about to say this. Yes. Yeah. He is always a Nazi in my mind. <laughs> yeah. Avec la crème. And you're just like. <gasps> so in this movie, in my mind, it's the 1930s. He was a Nazi and they just don't talk about it. It's 31. I think it's a little early. It is a little early. I mean, they started in the 20s, though. But like he could have been an early card carrying member of the Nazis. The circus is more about diversity and like stuff like that. Uh, not, not really. It's about exploiting the things that makes people different. Yeah. Which is exactly what the musical glorifies. Yes. That you guys are talking about. I just don't see like a super huge Nazi running a circus. I mean, probably not. But wouldn't this movie have been better if he and the bear Jew had squared off in it? Because like, <laughs> I'm here for that all day. They did, but he was an actual bear. <laughs> 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 just voiced by Eli Roth. <laughs> just I honestly, I'd watch that movie. <laughs> Christoph Waltz fights a bear. Yeah, but I want it to start like it does in Gladiator at the end. Like he goes down and like wounds the bear. And then the <laughs> yeah. elephant has to come murk him at the end of the fight. No, see, here's what I want. I want this to be he and the bear 
eating streusel, having a very tense but calm conversation. <laughs> and then the bear comes back and murders him in a movie theater. <laughs> so he, there, we get like a montage of the circus show and he's like, it's beautiful. And I'm like, it looks pretty dirty, but okay. <laughs> but like 30s beautiful. <laughs> Even for the 30s, I'm just like, this would smell. It would smell terrible, yeah. Which is something I think about with Outlander a lot, where I'm like, these people would reek. <laughs> like, yeah. Anyway, so they move on to the next town, and he talks to Christoph Waltz for a little bit, and they kind of, he kind of interrupts almost like a cocktail slash poker game that Christoph Waltz is having with kind of his like thuggy dudes, where he's got like a group of rapscallions that throw people off the train. And he kind of has to prove himself to them and they're about to let him off at the next stop. But then he tells them that he is a vet. Now, in order to get to that meeting is where he kind of like crosses through the train with all the burlesque dancers clawing at him and the clowns putting makeup on him. Yeah. It's, but it's all of it's there to just like, ooh, circus. Like, <laughs> like this whole movie. <laughs> Paige, I demand you talk like that the rest of the show. <laughs> Holy, golly shit, that was amazing. I got you a circus the whole tent. <laughs> I do love that Camel sort of explains the pecking order as he's walking through yeah. the train of like the animals are here, performers are here, physical oddities are here. Like he's like putting everyone in their place. But at the same time, it, you never use that information again, like ever. No, it doesn't matter. I bet that was one of those things that like, that was like one of Camel's big lines in the book and they didn't want to take it away from him so they like still gave it to him but they took away why that was important in the book because it's not really important here yeah well in the book it's a day-to-day -day look at what the circus is like and i mean like he worked in it and he slept with other people in different cars like he would go from like the different cars had different it's way better does he like make notches in his bedpost for each car she <laughs> references it where he wouldn't like they won't go into certain cars like he wouldn't go into a performer car but then they do anyway and so it just doesn't yeah. the whole list doesn't mean anything because you have to walk through every car to get to the front yeah well and i was just like for a hot second i was like damn i wish this was snowpiercer right now <laughs> Snowpiercer oh, is, is a terrible movie, though. <laughs> it's it a is, good show. Oh, is it? The show is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, the show the show is actually pretty good. That's surprising because the movie is awful. I was also surprised. Binged the whole thing, and I want to watch the second season immediately. Wow, that's yeah, great, it's... though. I didn't hate the idea of Snowpiercer. I hated the execution of that movie. Like, it's terrible and has some huge writing problems. The movie is garbage. Oh, yeah, but Chris Evans. I mean, that's America's butt, Chris Evans. That's yeah. He is in that <laughs> he's, film. He's America's cannibal. Shut it, Army Hammer. <laughs> Spoilers for Snowpiercer, I guess. So he ends up revealing to Christoph Waltz that he's a vet. He claims to be a graduate, but he's not. And they basically put him in charge of taking care of the horse that has a bum leg. Yeah. So the next day, he goes to check out the new leg or the, the leg and... Reese Witherspoon, Marlena, his wife, uh, is kind of like babying and guarding that horse because I think she already knows. Yeah. And he reveals that it's not an abscess. It's like a foot condition. The horse only has a couple days and it's going to be in a lot of pain while, while it's still walking around. And so he basically advises that they should probably put the horse down. Yeah. And Christoph Waltz is like, no. He's going to do shows for those two to three days. I don't care if it's in pain. Basically letting us know that he is the villain. Yeah, I mean, 
he more or less <laughs> says, if you can get at least one more show out of this horse, we're going to do that, right? I don't care right. how much pain it's in. I know we're going to have to kill it eventually, but we have to get as yeah. many shows out of the horse as possible. And you know what? Horses can't hold knives, so suck it. <laughs> or tent stakes. <laughs> or tent stakes. So he goes to town and he basically is like, when I get back, then that horse should be walking. Basically, that's the goal. I do love when villains in movies say, this is the way it's got to be. Don't do anything different. I'm going to leave for a while. And don't, <laughs> don't go against my wishes while I'm gone. Don't do that. And then, of course, that's what happens. Yeah. I mean, I blame... Edward here because he should have just had the wife shoot the whores if he wanted to keep his job okay yeah absolutely I think she even offered right yeah she does she does offer but you don't give a woman a gun in the 1930s Mikey what do you think (laughs) they're gonna ask for like equal rights next yeah they can't even use them or whatever (laughs) the folds of her brain are too smooth yeah (laughs) you should have gave that gun to Rosie she would have finished that horse off (laughs) Rosie wouldn't need a gun fucking murderous elephant yeah uh before he leaves for town he has him feed the cats which are like the lion and tiger and he he tricks him into like putting the bucket in the cage directly and the lion lunges for his hand and bites it and bites it this is where we find out that the lions have no teeth yeah which is makes me sad who had the job of de-teething the lions and tigers super easy you just give them a shit ton of hard candy (laughs) They don't brush their teeth (laughs) I mean to be honest They were happier because those lions are always ornery Because they got out of them teeth and no toothbrushes (laughs) But yeah like I don't know How strong a lion's jaws are But I bet it would still hurt If it bit you with no teeth It would still really hurt you It would bruise you for sure I mean I was thinking it might crush your hand I mean, It could break your bones yeah I don't know how strong their jaws are But I'd imagine it's stronger than ours Yeah, Just another tactic Tally mark on this guy might be the villain of the story. I mean, I just want you guys to think of what could have been for this movie if instead of Christoph Waltz, they had put Joe Exotic in that role. Oh, we're never gonna financially recover from this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, I, just, I just got stabbed by an elephant, and I will never financially recover from oh this. Oh my god, I just want to see like him superimposed in scenes of this movie. <laughs> Honestly, let's get him out of jail so we can shot for shot remake it. And his boyfriend needs to play the Reese Witherspoon character. No, it's his husband, the guy yeah. with the two teeth in his mouth. No, because they're that they're guy's di- no longer his husband. He yeah, they're, oh, I they're didn't divorced. That. He got new teeth and he and remarried. He's, yeah, he's married to a woman. Yeah, and he's sober now. Good for him. Okay, well, I still want him to play the Reese Witherspoon character. Well, I'm just, there would be a lot more threesomes in this movie if it was Joe Exotic. (laughs) Yeah, there would be. And a lot more speeches about people's golden testicles. I don't want the sex (laughs) element, but I do want everything else in there. Mikey, speak for yourself. The dangling earrings. (laughs) Anyway, so they do end up putting the horse down. Yeah, they shoot it, which is super sad. I do get that it's like, it was in terrible, terrible pain. It was going to die anyway. So like they did it a kindness, Yeah. but it's like real sad. I hate this kind of stuff. Yeah. It's like putting your dog down. It's always not a great time. Yeah. Crossing that rainbow bridge. Mm. Especially when they could have put it in a swamp of bad dreams and just let it, you know, choose for itself. Oh God. Why would you bring that up Paige? Why did you do that? I hated that movie. I hated that movie as a kid. Oh my god There was a thread in Horror Virgin today Of like what's the movie that scarred you as a child And I just put Brave Little Toaster And Never Ending Story Yeah (laughs) Anyway Oh my god Artax So they shoot the horse And 
uh, Christoph Waltz comes back and is just like, I'm sorry, did you shoot the horse when I told you specifically not to shoot that horse? And he's just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, I did. He's like, well, now I'm going to murder you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another tally mark in. He might be the villain of like, I murder people who don't do what I say on this train. Dude, he conservatively murders dozens of people in this film just by throwing them off the train. I'm not going to lie to you guys. If I know a dude with his wife's cute flirts with me and he's murdered dozens of people, I wouldn't feel guilty about it. Know what I'm saying? You would still go for it, Mikey? I, I would run the other direction. Absolutely. Do I have an elephant who is trained to kill on my side? No. <laughs> yeah, I think I would hit it and then acquit it. Hit it and acquit it? What, are you in a court of law? Yeah, because these guys going to get murdered. Anyway... They do let him stay because he agrees that having a, a wounded horse could have potentially endangered his wife. And also now they have meat for the cats. Yeah. But they do have to cancel a few different shows until they come upon a broken down circus in Goshen. So apparently what we find out is that sometimes circuses would just break down and the guy running the circus would just cut and run and leave everything there. But they're all along that same train track because that's how they travel. So every once in a while, they would just find circuses and take whatever acts they wanted and then keep going. Right. In the book, it explains, like, it'll, like, it'll be on the news or whatever. That, like, it'll be on the news? It, like, the telegraph. Like, it's like a circus yard sale. Like a radio. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know. Whatever. Oh, this just off the teletype. There's a broken down circus in Goshen. <laughs> yeah. I hear they have an elephant that knows how to kill. <laughs> I don't know how they talked, but it was something like that, I'd imagine. Tigers on the move. We've got a broken down circus. Yeah, I, I have no idea. But anyway, this is where they find Rosie the elephant. Right. And this is James Frain's two lines in this film where he's like, this is the stupidest animal on earth. Good luck. <laughs> Which is wild because that elephant speaks Polish. It is not the dumbest animal on earth. I guess I, I think this broken down circus got Rosie from another circus. Oh my God. He is a Nazi. What? If he's really mean to people who speak Polish. <laughs> oh, yeah, that no. sucks out. He annexed that elephant. Damn. <laughs> anyway, yep. Robert Pattinson and Reese Witherspoon start to kind of get to know the elephant and there's music playing and the elephant seems to like it. And the name of the song is I'm Confessing That I Love You. And she's just like, what? And he's like, oh, it's the name of the song. But like at that point in the movie, they've talked like they've a few never times. Met. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's like. They have had no like romantic lingerings or conversations or anything like that. But when he says, I'm confessing that I love you, she's like, oh, and, yeah. And I was like, you don't know him. Is it because of that time I tied dynamite to that cat's tail and sent it into a bank? <laughs> <laughs> just like in Sweet Home Alabama. No, it's just like, it's just like, oh, you know, God. all he's done at that point is shoot her horse. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to bring back Chuck's executioner, but like, <laughs> there's nothing more romantic than shooting a woman's horse. That's what the kids are calling it these days. <laughs> what could that possibly be, though? Her heroin. <laughs> horse is heroin. So if you if you sh if you shoot a woman's horse, you're kindly injecting it for her. Shooting horse is just playing basketball, guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> 
Did you shoot that horse? Damn straight I did. Your wife's got a terrible shot. <laughs> and she's like doing layups in the background. <laughs> anyway, so she gets on top of the elephant and the elephant seems to like her and they can kind of, you know, they're comfortable around each other. Uh, we cut to him back in his room because he has like a roommate now that he's the vet yeah his roommate's one of the clowns honestly who has yeah walter yeah who's trained uh jack russell terrier who's also adorable who has zero lines in this film but was like the second most important character in the book i'm, I'm done ranting really they were best friends i would have liked that because it seems like they hate each other or at least the clown hates robert pattinson that's how they start yeah and then they never really shift that much like we don't really see them hanging out joking around building a friendship at all he like his dog gets sick and he like nurses it back to health, which is just yada yada in the movie but yeah they mentioned that but we never see it exactly um, yeah to me he was just being the vet of the circus yeah yeah like he wasn't being friendly he was like this is why i get paid nine dollars a week but apparently in the book he's also the vet of their pussies so <laughs> <laughs> in the book the the clown's really really smart too and re likes to read and like he went to Cornell so they had like they share books and stuff like they like really bond in this movie he's reading a book that says Shakespeare but it's just titties yeah if that just tells you anything about the movie ad adaptation <laughs> yeah <laughs> now he does also look at a lot of porn in the book I mean nothing wrong with that I read a lot of books too and I look at porn <laughs> nothing wrong with that <laughs> disgusting i wish i had time to cut anything out of this episode mikey but i don't how dare you i can't believe we're friends someone who would do something so gross can we hurry this up so i can get back to outlander i've only got so many batteries left <laughs> oh my god so. you get it because it's porn for women i got it i totally got it, got it. thank you well, yes that was more female-oriented humor than all of the sweetest thing you're too big to fit in here. It's been stuck in my head for two days. I hate it. <laughs> like I hate burrowed it. into my brain. <laughs> I like that. You post that video and everybody's like, Mikey doesn't say anything and he just looks angry the whole time. I'm like, yeah. 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 Because we all were. But Paige <laughs> yeah. and I know what's for sale on this podcast. So we acted professional during the video when gave commentary. Mikey wasn't capable of that. Nope. <laughs> I, I can only go so far. Because this podcast <laughs> is a movie and Todd and I are the stars. <laughs> <laughs> oh god anyway Ugh, it's like food poison it was like still lingering nausea i honestly haven't shit right since we watched it <laughs> that's what food poisoning does right that's no my bad who hurt you so he comes back to his cot and finds a letter inviting him to dinner with augustus and marlena and it's literally just him and them. It's so weird, right? That is it weird. It is so, so weird. It is absolutely them angling for a threesome. Like, tell me I'm wrong. There is no proof that I'm wrong. They're, you okay, are not they're, wrong. They're, it's either the extremes, right? It's either they want them for a threesome or they hate each other and fight so much that they always need a third person around. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's one of the two. I, I, and I've been in both situations. I mean... I know, Mikey. I've been there, too. Probably the same people. <laughs> <laughs> you sit at dinner and they start arguing. You're like, should I go? Yeah, I should go, right? Like, no, stay. We have dessert. <laughs> <laughs> so during this very awkward dinner where they are both getting trashed. Yeah. And he's like, why am I the only one here? They're telling him, like, the history of their circus, basically, and why they need the elephant, because otherwise the circus is going to die. Um, and he he reveals that he didn't graduate and they're like we don't 
care. Yeah, we don't care that you don't know how to do the job we hired you to do. We just need <laughs> to be able to say that you have this job. Right. Yeah. Uh, as long as that dick work, you can be our resident cuck expert and you don't need to be licensed. <laughs> That's exactly what these scenes feel like. It, that's because that's it, what they are. It is are. a weird vibe, yeah. We've been sitting here across the train and uh, just wanted to know if you were <laughs> doing anything later. Uh. Anyway, uh, Augustus, or August, August, gets too drunk and kind of grabs Reese Witherspoon's face and she has to like, you should go to bed. Yeah, tally mark number five. This guy might be the villain. I don't know if it was him abu physically abusing his wife, threatening to yeah. murder me, uh, you know, not feeding the animals good food, and um, also being terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So she puts him to bed, and then she and Robert Pattinson end up dancing because she's like, I want to dance, one dance, and I'll let you go home. But August is, like, right there. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. It's really, it, like, if she had finished this scene with being, like, don't worry, he likes to watch. I'd be like, of course he does. That's exactly what the scene was. <laughs> <laughs> but no. You're my hall pass. <laughs> You're my heroine. Um, <laughs> because of the horses. <laughs> anyway, she sends him home. He goes back out into the train cars, and everyone's super excited for him because they bought him a suit. And this is where he, it looks like he's about to start partying with everyone. And then we cut to the next morning where he wakes up inside of a trunk dressed as a clown with one nipple tassel. Yeah. He seems to be like happy about it. Yeah. yeah. In the book, he partied all night and had sex with one of the burlesque dancers. Well, in this movie, he allegedly threw up on her off screen so it didn't happen. And then they shaved his balls. And then something about that allows him to understand that the dog is sick. Uh, that all also <laughs> does happen in the book. And just <laughs> They shave his balls in the book? Yeah, they like fuck with him all book. I mean, that's great. I'm on board for that. But, you know, people don't feel like cardboard in the book. They like they all have like personalities and stuff. So I don't know. I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you on the personality thing. Anyway, the next day he goes to work with Rosie. And as he's kind of getting ready to work with her, August and Marlena show up and August is like, I'm going to show you how to work with this elephant and literally stabs Rosie with the hook multiple times to get her to move. Yeah. Yeah. Like causing her shoulder to bleed. Yeah. And yeah. we cut to later that night when he's kind of treating the wound and Marlena comes in to help, but they're both wiping it like two inches below the wound. I was like, that's not where the wound is. <laughs> it was like they CG'd the blood, but like didn't tell them where it was going to be. So they're like, yeah, they're not even touching the wound. I don't know if you guys remember this but he did not take his final exam <laughs> <laughs> yeah he was gonna fail that exam i left my notes on wound care back in my three ring binder <laughs> anyway we cut to the next day and he's clearly trying to get her to do tricks without hurting her yeah as we all are <laughs> oh mikey Oh, what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> Rosie pulls out her steak nail and walks over to drink lemonade and then walks back and puts her steak nail back in. Basically yeah. 
signifying that she's not dumb. She knows how to do tricks and do stuff, but not if you're mean to her. And she's a sneaky bitch. Like, I loved it. I was like, I'm on board for this. Yeah. Yeah, Rosie's the best character. She is. She's the only one that does anything in the movie. No one else does anything yeah. in the movie. She's the only one with mens rea. I mean, yeah. She has a motive. That's what I'm saying. I was about to say, Mikey, that means she was on her period. <laughs> no, it does. <laughs> but Mikey wouldn't have known Paige. Oh, that's why she killed that guy? <laughs> Modus operandi. Oh, you have the right to remain elephant. Anything you stab can and will be used against you in the court of circus. Wrap it up, boys. This person was obviously murdered by an elephant. No law against that. <laughs> I do love that they decide he was trampled. Like, he has yeah. a stab wound. Ah, uh, he was trampled. <laughs> the whole thing burns down. There's like 90 people dead in the book, so I don't even think they found the body. It was more of a crime, a perfect crime. <laughs> Once you trample something good enough. You're not going to be able to tell if there's a stab wound. I'm just saying. I really wanted the, this movie to focus on the people who murked everyone at the end. Like those two brothers yes. who take over. Like their story is by far more compelling than everyone else's. But we don't get it. Yeah. yeah. There's a whole backstory on why they do that in a book. Mm. You think it would focus on things of that nature in a movie, but it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> Instead, we just get the cops walking up to August. August's corpse and being like, man, this is a crime scene we'll never forget. Yeah! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> uh, they're like, whoa, did the chief invent sunglasses? <laughs> they had sunglasses in the 30s. Yeah, they did have sunglasses. They looked badass back then. Oh, yeah. did they, Mikey? Yeah, Google it. That's Some of the first aviators would come out only literally a couple years later. Oh, damn, they do look pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a 100% genuine reaction right there <laughs> So they try to have Rosie in the show But August is the one controlling her And is trying to like hit her again So she takes off Yeah he almost like hits her into the crowd yeah, well, and Marlena thinks fast and jumps off of her and grabs onto one of the posts of the tent. Yeah. But meanwhile, there's a fucking elephant running around. <laughs> Literally on the loose, like it's running through town. Exactly. Just waiting to kill Mufasa. And <laughs> so they go into town, they find her, and they easily guide her back because August isn't with them and they're asking her nicely and giving her whiskey. I was about to say, they're bribing her with booze, really. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. Which, Camel comes out of nowhere like, oh, elephants love whiskey watch this yeah well and clearly rosie has a problem like yeah i mean she's definitely in need of an elephant vention <laughs> yeah i just wanted all the clowns to gather around and be like <laughs> here's a letter detailing how your alcoholism has harmed us rosie <laughs> i love the honk of the nose beforehand page i just want the mime to like mime out drinking and like problems <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but really they're right she's four tons so like a bucket of bourbon is about a glass of wine yeah Anyway, they, they bring her back, but August is fucking furious and tries to beat her to death. Like, really, really hurts her. And once he kind of leaves, Marlena won't talk to him. And then Robert Pattinson's character grabs that elephant poker because this is the elephant poker of a killer, Bella, and is like, gonna go <laughs> kill him. Uh, but he, he seems to be sad about it. He's like, I'm so sorry I lost my temper and almost killed that elephant. Yeah. I actually sort of like that moment because because, like, there are times, like, when you sort of lose your cool and you do something you, like, feel bad about. And then I remembered, like, from 10 minutes ago when he tried to kill Robert Pattinson. Like, I was like, oh, why are they doing Like, we already, he's already been established as a horrible dude. Why are they doing this? I think he's faking it. 
I don't I don't think he's sincerely sorry. I, I agree. But this is where Robert Pattinson is able to get a bunch of whiskey to pour into a bucket to give to that elephant. Well, he gets it from August. Yeah, he takes his whiskey. Yeah, well, August offers it because he's like trying to show that he feels bad about it. So as he is going to give the whiskey to Rosie, he needs a rag that's under Camel's foot. And this is also the first time when we find out that Camel can't really lift his foot. Yeah, it's sort of not really mentioned in this moment, but he can't lift his foot. Like, we learned that here. Yeah, but he says, lift your foot in Polish, and the elephant lifts her foot. Yeah. Yeah. So this is how they learn that the elephant speaks Polish. Because they're both Polish. Right. So... They train her the next day with August speaking Polish, and now they can kind of get her to do tricks. So they have a huge old dance party. You know, like you do when you figure out your elephant speaks Polish. (laughs) (laughs) The time that comes in all of our lives. (laughs) When we find out that our elephant speaks Ah, Polish. ah, ah, ah. When we find out that our elephant tries to open screen doors on submarines, that's when we toast. Oh, God, Paige. How many elephants does it take to replace a light bulb? How many? Oh, I have no idea. I was hoping you could tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, they get champagne, or August goes off to get more champagne. Meanwhile, Marlena and Robert Pattinson end up dancing. And she kind of tells him that she's unhappy and that their life is always kind of cyclical of like trying to find the new big thing to bring people in. And, and you know, attractions don't last forever. And it's kind of a not a great existence. And she went from being essentially in foster care because she was found on a bus, just like Roxy Andrews, and <laughs> then placed in the foster system. Right. When she said attractions don't last forever, I thought she was referring to her attraction to Christoph Waltz's character. No, I felt that she was more describing the cycle of abuse that was going on in the... Well, I I think it's more just like, even though things are good right now, this is not permanent. None of this is permanent. Yeah, well, and things are good right now because they're actually making money and stuff like that, but whenever Christoph Waltz is under any bit of stress, he seems to be very abusive. Yeah, very violent, and, you know, maybe one day they're all eating elephant meat. Either way, they go to dance on the dance floor... We get a montage of them dancing, but no sooner have they finished their first dance that there is a raid and there's a stampede to leave the club. Yeah. So people are getting trampled, but he drags Marlena kind of off into an alley where they end up kissing and then they separate and she runs home and then he makes his own way back so that they don't arrive back together. Right. I mean, at this point, but all but says in these, these scenes, it kind of rushes it, but like, but she's like, hey, I'm being physically abused and I hate this. I, I wish I could get out of this marriage. And he's like, kiss me. Yeah. I sort of hated this, though. Yeah. Because she should just leave him. She should not involve someone else in her marriage problems. I don't know that she has the ability to leave Yeah, he easily. murders people. <laughs> yeah. He murders people. <laughs> I think she wants to, but I think she is trapped by financial abuse as well. Oh, yeah. No, I'm sure she is. Yeah. Yeah. Also, she does leave him, and he sends a mob to beat the shit out of him. Yeah, 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 and yeah. And her, and bring her back to the circus. Yeah. And also we're finding out that more and more men are disappearing between cities. So they're red lighting people, which is basically what they call it when they just throw people off the train. Right. And this movie sets that up like that would kill you, even though it probably wouldn't, unless like you do hit rocks, like or some trees of them do. Yeah. or any number. You can you, there's no guarantee. It might kill you, it might not. Right. But you don't know. It is a roll of the dice. I get that. So he arrives back to find that Camel can no longer feel his legs. I think he's had a stroke, most likely. No, in the book, he's like he's 
she's like drinking uh, like antifreeze or something. It's like vanilla extract. It's like vanilla extract as alcohol. Okay, to, like, well, because he's doing it to get rid of the tremors, right? Yeah, it's like some sort of cooking chemical that makes you feel drunk or mm. and then treats a withdrawal. But it's also very bad for you. Mm, okay. So he can't move his legs and he'll be paralyzed within a week. But they know that he has a son in a city where they're performing in the next three weeks. So they just kind of have to hide him until then. Um, we cut to the next day where he goes to sit with Reese Witherspoon at breakfast and he's just like, hey, I want to apologize. And she's just like, what? Nothing happened. I don't know what you're talking about. And at this point, I was like, it's an hour and 40 minutes into this movie and we're just now getting a love story like <laughs> also in the meantime august is killing like 14 people a night on this train or whatever yes yes yeah. but what i don't get is like they sit down in this moment and like he and reese witherspoon are talking at like this picnic table or whatever and she's like cross-stitching right. and then august comes up and he's like hey totally fucked my wife last night <laughs> not not quite because they he's like hey how did you get home or he's like testing the waters he's like i took the ferry smart but doesn't he after he says that they like talk about how he he... Not yet. That's not for like two more scenes. No, no, he, he does no, it. Is. It's in this scene. Well, he says if anyone were to touch her, there'd be hell to pay, but that's it. That's where he leaves. No, no, it. before that, he's like, I reclaim my marriage bed. Yep. It's great. Oh, there's that. Yeah, that, that he's like, we fucked last night. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then like Rob Patterson's like, oh, this is weird. There's people around. Like, I don't know if I want to like deal with this. He's like, it's natural. Let me tell you all about fucking my wife. You should join us. We've invited you for dinner a number of times. We've been eyeing you from across this mess hall tent and uh we were on the far ring looking at your ring and yeah and she's on the nuba ring <laughs> wangy, wangy. i just yeah. i don't know i felt like because the way they shoot this scene you're like seeing robert pattinson like he's very uncomfortable with the fact that he's learning that this wife had sex with her husband and i was like well after I mean, kissing him yeah yeah and i'm like but what what did you what do you expect man like they're married yeah, yeah. anybody would be uncomfortable you don't have to kiss the wife to feel uncomfortable it's, it's it's as comfortable i feel as when a couple tells me they sit me down to dinner and they're like we're trying for a baby which is like oh He's telling me I'm coming inside this woman nightly. And like, that's a weird concept to throw across the table. You know, like it is if weird. Anybody sits down at my lunch and they're like, I fucked my wife last night. Who's sitting right here. Didn't we baby in bed? We had the sex. And I'll be like, we had oh. the sex. Remind me if we ever decide to try for a baby to do that to you, but then finish it up with like, we're trying for a baby. Do you know how that works? Like, <laughs> we're not sure if we're doing it right. Yeah. We were watching Bridgerton and we had no answers. The teenage boy inside me is like, he's not pulling out. <laughs> Mikey, you're ridiculous. Although I'm the same way. He's got to do what the Duke do. <laughs> <laughs> Yo girl what that duke do <laughs> What that duke do I felt so bad for that girl Not knowing where babies came from That's like such a huge plot point uh, We don't Let's not get That's into it. Bridgerton. We, we got to save that for the, I guess, RTP Patreon that we're going to come up with. Something? Oh. I don't know. Oh, dear God. I don't know if I have that in me like other people have semen inside them when they're trying for babies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I have that bonus episode inside me. And, they, and everybody looks so excited and cute about it. They're like, we're trying for a baby, like hugging. And I'm just like, oh. <laughs> but what if, okay, what if they were like, we're trying for a baby. And then you showed up at their house and they were just like playing volleyball. Like, if I win, we get baby <laughs> <laughs> i don't think you know how this works 
<laughs> How long have you been married? I know why you don't have a kid so far. <laughs> We're on the jelly. <laughs> She's just got like a jar of like, like grape jelly. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I do think it's much better to find out that someone is pregnant than that they are trying for a baby. Yeah, because then you don't ever feel comfortable going to their house or calling or anything. You're right. just like, it's just better if someone's like, hey, you know, my wife is pregnant or, my, or I'm pregnant, you know, whatever. Like, we're pregnant. Yeah, yeah. That's always better than uh, my husband is blasting inside me every <laughs> night until we create life. Every night. That's, I mean, like, there is a specific period during the cycle when it's going to be most helpful to blast up no, inside no, no, no. of. You don't have sex during the period. I've read that about babies. No. Oh, Mikey. For someone who wants to have a kid so badly, you should be well-versed in this stuff. I stopped reading it when it was like splatter inside every night. I was like, okay, done. I don't need to know the rest. You should get a lot more comfortable telling other people about it because you're going to have to. They need to know that you're trying. <laughs> We're trying for a baby. We tried earlier. Wanky bling. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing in the marriage bed, but we have to change the sheets a lot. <laughs> my, uh, my parents, allegedly, when they first got married, when people would ask them when they were going to have kids, they would be like, oh, we could we could try now, like right here under the table. Like, do you got a flat surface? Because like, we yeah, could. Your dad actually told us that at Did dinner. <laughs> yeah, He told us that story. Yeah. Next to yeah. your mom, who was giggling about it. Like, I love yeah. your parents so much. I want them to adopt. Adopt me so badly and yet every once in a while when i call they're like so when are we gonna be grandparents and i'm like you've met the cat i don't know what else you, want <laughs> you should tell them like we're trying we're trying <laughs> to get ready to try we're like practicing <laughs> we're gonna take the fastest one in these preliminary heats and <laughs> jake is actually uh racing sperms in the bathroom right now to see which the fastest <laughs> is and then we're yes. gonna attempt with that one <laughs> We're going to try to breed the shortest Sasquatch ever. <laughs> oh, you guys are having a Mikey? <laughs> I don't like that. Anyway, they keep getting this elephant drunk. Oh, yeah. They're getting this elephant shit-faced. Uh, so we get like a montage of more awkward threesome dinners and like him kind of watching her and training the elephant and the show. I just don't understand why you would go to dinner with someone whose wife you kissed. Yeah. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, you broke it up of marriage, right? Like nine. Yeah. But most of them had murdered dozens of people. <laughs> most of them. I will tell you guys a story that I have never told anybody. Okay. But it happened a long, long time ago. Yes. But, okay, I was in college at the time and I was working. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went out with one of my coworkers. He was actually our manager and our manager's wife was there and a few of our other coworkers were there. It was Christmas Eve. I remember that. We went to a bar. We were playing darts. Anyway. I love where this is going. My manager goes up with uh, another one of our managers because it was a, a restaurant. There's a bunch of managers there. His wife reaches over to me, grabs my hand and says, if you want me, you can have me. <laughs> This, I wish I was joking. This was probably the fifth time I had met her. That's a horror movie. Like, I would just be like, no, nah, I'm out of here. Yeah. I haven't had to work for this. And I, I literally said, I was like, I mean, you're, I'm not going to say names be for obvious reasons, but I was like, your husband's my boss. We're friends. And I like, you, we, th no, like, no, absolutely not. And she literally said, he doesn't make me laugh like you do. And I was like, I got to leave. I have to leave. And I got up. 
left. This is Christmas Eve, by the way. If you really want to laugh, you should see my dick. <laughs> I fear that that would have, like, if I had said that. She would have been like, let's test it yes, out. Yes, her response would have been something that I was not prepared to follow up on. Anyway, I left, and that was the last time I ever hung out with either of them again. Yeah, I think that's a smart move. <laughs> Like, it just made me so uncomfortable. I'm always yeah. astounded by the people who have the confidence to just be like, take me, because I've never, never in my life. And I feel like I'm a confident bitch. She was also pretty drunk. Mm. Oh, I do have that kind of confidence when I'm drunk, because when I get in an Uber, I'm like, take me to Waffle House. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, have you ever shot a wife's horse in front of her, though? Like, that's how you get it going. Mikey, that was actually how I met her. I had to go oh, over and God. shoot her See? horse. That's what the song Pony is about. <laughs> <laughs> Your horse, I shot it right in its head bone. Yeah. <laughs> head bone? Yeah, it's got bones in its head. It used to. Not anymore. So they like baptize him in the circus where like the clowns pie him and they First off, what kind of dicks wait till he literally saves the whole circus and then he's like, I guess we'll make you one of our own. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm like, he's been working there for like three years or whatever at this point. <laughs> no, uh, it's definitely a matter of weeks because it's all in 1931. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was at most a year. It was probably much, much less than that. But still, I mean, he's been there a while. They do officially baptize him into the family, which is like that's seltzer water shit they're spraying on him and like throwing pies in his face and this is like where Christoph Waltz's character realizes that they have a romantic relationship because she like whispers something in his ear something about training she she kisses him well she everyone is kissing him she kisses him on the cheek and says uh we should uh, train bring Rosie to my tent yeah, yeah so bring Rosie to my tent or whatever and and Christoph Waltz is like I bet he's fucking my wife which he's not like they have not had sex yet they barely like each other this movie would seem like I don't think they just have zero chemistry and maybe it's because yeah. I'm pretty sure it's because of the actors and the lack of scenes together yeah I was like there's not much in this movie where they're even in the same scene yeah for a movie that's so long the fact that they have no like love story is insane to me yeah well and so he goes to bring the elephant to her tent she's clearly setting up for something with august august shows up and is just like dance for me let me see your infidelity basically i mean he's like i came up with a great idea for a new skit or whatever and he like makes them dance or whatever yeah. and see like, i would have been like look I got to poop. <laughs> <laughs> I chained this elephant up. I've really got to go take a shit now. I have to go. <laughs> anyway, so he then accuses them of cheating. Which they sort of have. Like, that sort is a have, fair yeah. accusation. Yeah. Uh, and it's pretty clear that he is abusing her because he's, like, forcing her to beg. And then he hits her. Oh, I mean, yeah. If you were wondering if he had hit her, he hits her in this scene. And it, I'm sure it was not the first time. No. And then... He and Robert Pattinson get into a fight. He tries to hit him with a champagne bottle and they essentially quote unquote fire him, but they let him go back to his cabin. So he kind of gathers his stuff and she comes to warn him like, hey, hey they're going to throw murder you, you off the yeah. train tonight. They're going to murder you. So you got to go. And he convinces her to jump off the train with him they get to a hotel where there is negative chemistry between them i don't think i have ever been this bored during a sex scene before ever in a it's movie real ever weird. it's terrible yeah like they have zero chemistry and it is palpable how much they do not want to be having sex 
yeah yeah it's real rough and he lays out his plan of like okay i'm gonna go back to school i'm gonna take my tests we're gonna go to ringling brothers and we'll be in that circus and it'll be great and literally as he's telling her the plan like august's goons break in and beat the shit out of him and take her back to the train yeah so he with his face all fucked up walks along the tracks sees the train ahead yeah he catches up to the train walking behind it well yeah. i think he was going to go to the next stop because they were going to stop and perform for a day or two anyway yeah well and the train gets stopped because there's like branches and logs on the tracks yeah so like that's what's delayed the train but so he gets on and he's looking for walter and camel but they got thrown off the train the night before <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and they died. They just straight up are dead. But I mean, we have no emotional attachment to those characters because we don't really see yeah. them very much in the movie. Like, and neither does Robert uh, Robert Pattinson. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Yay! Mikey, look at you! Oh my god, he is capable of growth, ladies. <laughs> Oh, they died? Whatever. Moving on to the plot. <laughs> so he goes to their bedroom where Marlena and August are asleep, and he can't go through with killing him. So at the very next day, he finds out that Grady and one of the other guys are... Oh, Grady and Wade. Can I stop you real quick? In the scene where he's about to kill August, where August and Reese Witherspoon are sleeping, and he's about to go slit his throat, does it look like Reese Witherspoon is like, do it? Kill him. No, she shakes her head no. She shakes her head no, but then she pauses, and for right? a second I thought she was going to then shake her head yes. Me too. Yeah. I don't think she would have been mad. Yeah. I mean, I think she would have been mad because she would have been covered in blood. I think she would have been okay with the outcome, though. I mean, he murdered, like, four people that day. I mean, like, the man's just murdering people. Plus, she's already talked to the elephant about murder. <laughs> <laughs> she's like you don't have to do this rosie's game yeah so uh but she reveals that wade and grady found walter and camel's bodies they did not make it but wade and grady are now going to try and take august down but i don't know how who are characters you know nothing about at this point so you're just like who's wayne and grady that was the first time i had heard their names absolutely they they got introduced in the very beginning and then we do not see them again until this and so they make plans to meet after the spec which is where they kind of show off what the circus is going to be. It's not like the full circus show. Yeah, it's like the audience is there, and they're just like parading around the elements of the show before the shows begin. Right. Yeah. So he's about to go watch the spec, and as he does... I got the impression that he was leaving, Paige, because he does no, tell true. her, You're right. go to the spec, meet me after the spec, because he won't know right, until right. the second show that you're missing. It'll give us time right. to get out of town. So he's just walking out, and that's when he hears, like, the shit hit the fan. The carnage, yeah. because yeah. what we find out is that they've just let the lions and tigers loose oh my. in the crowd. Oh, my. Which, they don't have teeth, so they wouldn't have killed that many people. But I think in the book, there's a fire, and the tent collapses on fire and kills a shit ton of people. Well, because that the book, clearly, that accident is based on a real accident that happened to Ringling Brothers. So Oh, yeah? I'll talk about it in fun facts. Oh, I can't anyway, wait. Okay. So, everyone's taking off. There's a stampede, and Marlena's stuck on top of the elephant, and he runs and gets in a fight with August. She falls down off the elephant and stabs him with the elephant hook and then he ends up trying to strangle her in the same way he does in Inglorious Bastards like literally shot for shot the same yeah mm -hmm. I did love that though because August is on top of Robert like punching him in the face and she takes that elephant poker and like hits him right in the ribs well right where he hit the elephant yeah, yeah. like hard yeah. I love that I was like yeah Reese is finally doing something great and then he does start choking the shit out of her like you said and I forget 
forget the guy's name, but like the evil henchman is like beating the shit yeah. out of Pattinson, right? Yeah. Well, and so, but as he's choking Marlena, it literally goes. There's a shot sequence in Inglorious Bastards where it's like her face strangling and then her feet struggling and then yes. they kind of slow. It does the same shot sequence in this movie. Like it literally steals it. But regardless, Rosie the Elephant takes out her stake and stabs him in the back of the head <laughs> yeah. with it. Yeah, she trunks him to death. She trunks mm-hmm. him to death, which means Marlena survives. Uh, and then Rosie goes after that goon <laughs> that was yeah. like hurting Robert Pattinson. Well, no, the the no, brothers, the two guys, Grady. Oh no, and you're what's right, Grady and what's his face do? And he literally says, as like the voiceover changes and goes back to the old man, he's like, uh, "They ruled the death of August a trampling, which it clearly wasn't, yeah. but whatever." And I never saw the goon again. Like no one ever yeah. found his body. So whatever yeah. those two dudes did to that goon, it was bad. And quick. Yep. And he reveals that he did go get his degree, and then they went to Ringling Brother and raised children in the circus. Yeah. Until the zookeeper at the Albany Zoo dropped dead. Which I think Rosie had something to do with. I think so too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Why does this elephant whiskey smell like arsenic? Yeah. <laughs> like bumping dudes off. <laughs> but so they eventually have like a farm where they have the horses and Rosie, and then eventually Rosie dies, and Marlena's very sad. And then Marlena dies after living a long life alone, like dies in her sleep or whatever. Yeah. And he kind of is just like, well, you know, it's been a good life. It's an interesting life. So are you going to hire me? I should be taking tickets. Not that kid with the rings. Not that young whippersnapper with the rings. And the guy he's been telling the story to is like, I'll put you in the record books as the oldest man who ran away to the circus. And he's like, I'm not running away. I'm coming home. Oh, I thought this part was the only good part. <laughs> I actually, I did not cry. It's the only part that made me feel an emotion. Yeah, because I was feeling the emotion. Yeah. It's hack as fuck. It is hack as fuck. It's Daughtry lyrics. But like, I was here for it. Yeah. Look at this photograph in this three ring binder. I'm coming home. Yeah. Thank you, Paige, yeah. for getting the You're actual welcome. reference. That's Nickelback you were thinking of, Mikey. Well, well, not you know, Daughtry. You can't account for taste. <laughs> uh, and then we get like a montage of black and white photos of them at the circus and in, in this montage they have more chemistry than they do in the entire rest of the movie i thought that too because it really is i guess it's them at ringling brothers but it's like old like yeah old old footage like silent talky right. era footage yeah they're like here's the scenes we cut yes because we just wanted to keep the other stuff but we put a filter on it for the credits do they actually like in the book have a life outside of the circus like do we get to, like, in the book, does it follow them after August gets murked by the elephant? It follows them some. Like, he t- explains more. Like, she takes, she rescues, like, they rescue a bunch of animals, and there's, like, a big story, and they do live a full life or whatever. And- okay, but it, is, it, like, yada yada is that, like, they do in the movie, too? Yeah. Okay. And, and that's, that's the, the movie. movie. All right, so having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, give me some final thoughts for Water for Elephants. I need some bleach for eyes because I'm not feeling this movie. This movie is terrible. Hardcore agree. Uh, Getting back to our roots of seeing really bad romantic movies. (laughs) I know, but this one wasn't like bad like the sweetest thing was where I was like, yes, I can't wait to talk about this batshit terrible movie. This one was just boring. I had to struggle to stay awake Same. during this movie Paige, today. I drank a monster throughout this movie because I could yes. not stay awake. Well, it's it just tells you something where a movie about a murdering elephant is that boring. 
Mikey, yeah. if you told me this movie had an elephant murder in it, I'd have been like, oh, I can't wait to watch this. I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> well, no, here's the thing. Mikey, you did say elephant murder, but I thought you meant that they were going to murder the elephant. So did I, yeah. Not the other way around. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But man, I did not like this movie. I don't think anyone should watch it. I don't think anyone should have been paid for working on it. Like, it's terrible. I remember at the time, everybody who liked the book hated the movie. I think they had good yeah. reason. I mean, if the book yeah. is as good as you say it is, and I'll take you at your word because I'm never going to read, full stop. I just don't <laughs> think that, I think that they have every right not to like the movie because the movie is terrible. Yeah. It just makes me, it kind of scratches that itch at Carnival. Like, I need Carnival to be back. I need a show like that. Does that make sense? I guess. I'm just not that interested in the circus. Me either. I like the circus. I don't. I like that time period. I like the 1930s. Like, I like I like the Depression era. Uh, yeah, I liked Boardwalk Empire too, but this is not that. See, I struggle with Boardwalk. Walk no, Empire, I struggled I with couldn't, Boardwalk Empire. I couldn't keep season. track of which Italians were which, and I am Italian. <laughs> I just like I don't know. I liked Carnival. I like I like historical stuff, but this movie was terrible. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> except for this era stuff because it was bad. Uh, all right, Paige, do you have some fun facts for us? I do. I don't have a lot of like money fun facts necessarily. I can tell you that if he was making nine dollars a week in 1931, that is around 162 dollars a week today. Damn, I think, that it, sucks. I think a dollar did a lot more back then, though. It's about $162. Like, $9 is equal to $162, Mikey. I do think he has room and board on the train, though. Oh, he does. Yeah, yeah. They feed him. They travel him around. Like, he's got a place to stay. Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, it's like, I can't, I don't know how much an elephant costs. So, you know, I don't think you can really look that up. You can't really just buy elephants these days. Two souls. But the elephant has to take them and wear (laughs) this golden amulet. So just regular movie fun facts. Okay. The owner of the circus at the beginning mentions the Hagenbeck Wallace wreck and the Hartford fire. And these are actual circus disasters. June 22nd, 1918, a troop train. So an army troop train crashed into the Hagenbeck Wallace circus train because the driver fell asleep and didn't see the warning signs about the stopped circus train that was clearing stuff off the tracks. Oh, my God. 86 people were killed and another 127 were injured. Oh, my God. Now, July 6, 1944, the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Big Top Circus Tent at Hartford caught fire and killed 169 people and injured over 700. Damn, that's a lot of people. Wow, okay. Yeah, so I think that's probably what the one in the book is based on. Hal Holbrook, who plays the old man, had recently been widowed in real life when he filmed those scenes. Oh, that's why his acting's the best acting. It is, man. And he's great in almost everything I've seen him in. Like, he's a very good actor. I mean, in everything I've seen him in, he's been an old man actor, but he crushes that role. Yeah. So if you thought that there was not chemistry between Reese Witherspoon and and Robert Pattinson, uh, you're not wrong. Uh, but it's because he had a horrific sinus infection and it was particularly bad the day that they shot the love scene. And so apparently he was like sneezing on her and stuff in oh, between so things. terrible. And she publicly talked about it in interviews. That's hilarious. Uh, though. So then he then publicly talked about it in interviews was like, look, I had a cold. I'm so sorry. I apologized at the time. It was a horrible sinus infection. There was nothing I could do about it. We had to stay on time or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, so they they did not necessarily get along uh, on set. That's amazing. And it shows. Yeah, they are not into each other in this movie. 
Nope. Almost all of the circus wagon carts that appeared in this movie are original circus wagon carts really? from Ringling Brothers. They are actually part of the Circus World Museum in Wisconsin. That's awesome. Yeah, and so they would transport them to California for filming and then transport them back when they were done. That's so cool. Yeah. In a deleted scene of the movie Vanity Fair in 2004, Reese Witherspoon actually played Robert Pattinson's mother. And in this movie, they play lovers because they are that far apart in age. Yeah, they're 10 years apart. I looked it up because I was like, Reese looks about 10 years older. And she is. Yep. Uh, Do you want to know who else was potentially up for this role? Yes, I do. A lot of famous people, I believe. Yeah. So Channing Tatum, Anthony Fitzgerald, Andrew Garfield, and Emile Hirsch all auditioned for the role that Robert Pattinson eventually got. They all wanted it? I figured they would have turned it down. No, this was huge back then. This was huge because the book book had been huge. I know, but you have to be able to read the script, right? Like, they have to have read the script. I guess, but there's a part of me that's like, I feel like Emile Hirsch could have done a better job. Emile Hirsch could have done a better (laughs) job. Yeah, he may not have been sick on that day. Yeah, I don't know. Originally, Sean Penn was cast as August, but then dropped out, I'm assuming, after receiving the script. Yeah. Scarlett Johansson turned down the role of Marlena. So she knows a bad thing when she sees it. And this received an A minus for cinema score. But more importantly, this movie has something in common with it. Like all of the really, really, really bad movies that we've done have a specific the thing blacklist. in common. There's on the blacklist. This was featured on the 2009 blacklist, which to be honest, given our track record for blacklist at this point, I'm like, I'm starting to not trust the blacklist. Well, all of them were from that 2008, 2009 writer strike time period. Yeah. Yeah, 2007 to 2009 has been all of the ones that have ended up on the show that have been bad have yeah. been on the blacklist for those two years. I love the blacklist. There's been so many great scripts that I've read or like heard from there because they had a podcast for a long time called the blacklist yeah uh, and they actually would do like table reads of these scripts that won but hadn't been made and it was so great it is but a bunch of those don't get made and the ones that do get made from the blacklist is shit like this i know like this is bonkers that this got made it has to have gotten made because the strength of the book like absolutely everybody read the book yeah it's but the movie's terrible yeah Yeah. uh but those are our fun facts well awesome let's talk about the box office so what do you think the production budget for water for elephants was in 2011 this was expensive i think this movie was expensive as shit okay so give me some figures what do you guys think i'm gonna say 60 all right 60 we were at the same page i'm gonna gonna say i'm gonna say 60 as well the production budget was 38 million dollars Oh, wow. It looks, it looks good it for does. 38. I think yeah. it looks good for 38. They should have spent a few million extra on a better script, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. This movie came out April 22nd, 2011. It was number three in the box office that week. It was beat by Rio was number one. Medea's Big Happy Family was number two. Of course, Water for Elephants was number three. Hop was number four. And Scream 4 was number five that week what do you think water for elephants made in its first weekend out 16 million okay hollander i cannot tell you how happy i am that medea beat this movie (laughs) yeah honestly Paige, medea and this both came out that week and (laughs) medea won we're gonna pop a cap in this elephant's ass uh so i'm (laughs) i bet this made 10 million its opening week Mikey is way closer at $16.8 million. Yeah. Mikey, I believe you said $16 million. Yeah, I did. I did. Medea made $25 million, Paige. Yeah. So what do you think Water for Elephants went on to make domestically? I'm always low. I'm always low at this. I'm going to say $60 million. Okay. 
I'm going to say 40, 40 mil. I think it barely cleared its budget. Okay. It was actually $58.7 million. Mikey was closer. See, that's, that's what I was going to say, Paige, but I'm going to go higher now on the total domestic. Internationally, it made another $58.1 million for a total of $116.8 million and then another $19.4 million in domestic DVD and Blu-ray sales. So this movie, even though it's terrible, made pretty good money. Please tell me that Medea went on to make more than that. I will tell you right <laughs> Now, so Medea sadly did not. It made 50. <laughs> no! Domestically, it made 53 million. Internationally, it made 800,000. So a total of 54 million. Yeah, it, did. it got trampled by those elephant legs. <laughs> it got murked by Rosie. <laughs> I am guessing that it had a much smaller international release. I'm sure it did. Because racism. Yep. But I mean, even domestically, it made about five million less than Water for Elephants. It's that Twilight push. That's what it was, man. So that is your <laughs> box office. Review. Yeah, so Mike, do you have a review for us to read? Oh, shit, no. All right, well, I realize this is the first time we've done this, so I'm going to forgive you for forgetting, but let me tell them <laughs> how they can have their review read on the podcast, and that is to leave us a five-star text review, and we'll have Mikey read it for you. So, Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? Oh, we had some really good ones. Yeah, we've had a bunch of good ones. I'm going to read Hannah Seamount. Hannah Seamount? Hannah Seamount. Okay, what does Hannah Seamount have to say? Her review is entitled, You Had Me at Hello, Heart Emoji. <laughs> I love it already. This podcast is perfect. Why, thank you. It's it's the perfect mix of hilarity and nostalgia. Nice. Going back and watching rom-coms that I loved when I was younger and seeing how truly terrible they are is so much fun. It is. And my eyes have been opened on a lot of movies I watched as kids. Like, <laughs> my best friend's wedding was the biggest shock for me. <laughs> Thanks, Paige, Todd, and Mikey for such a fun time. Five stars. Well, Hannah Seamount, thank you so much for that awesome review and for listening. We appreciate it. And if you want to have Mikey read your review, leave us a five-star text review. So this week, Mikey, you had us watch Water for Elephants. Paige, what are you making us watch next week? So I know this movie is one of Mikey's favorites, but he hadn't chosen it yet up until this point, and I have actually never seen it. Okay. You've never seen this? I have never seen this, so we are doing Earth Girls Are Easy. <gasps> what? It's one of Jeff Goldblum's best films. <laughs> I did it, because well, after Vibes, people were posting about it. I was like, I watched the trailer, and I was like, hold on. I'm sorry, this is a movie, and so I'm very excited. I believe it's got Gina, what's her face, right? I don't know. I'll find out, though. Famous redheaded actress. Gina Davis is in it? Yeah, Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum, I've I believe. never seen it either. So I'm Okay, here's yes! a preview. Here's a preview. They come to Earth, and they're fully, like, Fully hairy. Cats. Like Yeah, and then they shave them, and then they look like Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> what? But, but like, like Thickums Jeff Goldblum oh, from the end of Vibes. I love yeah. Thickums Jeff Goldblum from the end of Vibes. So this is going to be amazing. All right. So your homework is to shave yourself like a cat and watch Earth Girls are easy. Yay. I like my cats hairless. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts, Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So, guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. Yes. On Instagram, and we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it's, it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. 
So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. To completion. Toodle pit. My body is a movie and your penis is the star. (laughs) (laughs) I love how defeated you said that. Bye. (laughs) Hairless cat Jeff Goldblum nerds. (laughs) 